Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 10. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I believe, praise God. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. I heard a word in my heart for you this week. And the word in my heart for you this week. I heard it as strong. I believe it was on Wednesday. The Lord spoke to me and said, declare over the people that I'm going to do an unpredictable miracle for you. Who will receive that? I'm going to do an unpredictable miracle for you. How many of you have ever had a divine appointment? I mean, you know it was a divine appointment. I mean, you were in the right place. At the, at the right time, and you met the right person, and you knew you could have orchestrated that. You could not have made that up. I mean, God put you in the vicinity, in the presence, at the right moment to, re- to meet the right person, to get the right idea, to hear the right sermon, maybe to hear the right wisdom, to get the right knowledge, whatever it might be, you were in the right place at the right time, and you say, my goodness, this was a divine appointment. I mean, many of us have had divine appointments. And uh, Peter and John, they're going to the temple. I mean, they're just going to church, right? It's 3 p.m. It's at the hour of prayer. And they're headed to church. And this lame man, who's 40 years old, you'll find that in Acts chapter 4. This 40-year-old lame man is laying in front of the church. And he has been lame since his mother's womb. And so this man has never walked. From his mother's womb, he's been lame. This man is quite possibly in a lot of pain. This man is disabled. This man can't move forward on his own. This man doesn't have the capacity to to move his feet. He doesn't have the maneuverability to get around. This man is lame. He's limited. And what's interesting is we know him by his dysfunction. 
We don't even know his name, but we know his condition. And while we know his condition and his dysfunction, he's limited in what he can do. Maybe you feel limited in what you can do. Maybe you feel like you don't have enough. Maybe you feel like you are not worthy. You are not valuable. This man could have felt the exact same way. Maybe you feel like you don't have the capacity. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the finances. You've always been in the same place, always at the same time, always getting the same check, always doing the same kind of work, always doing the same thing, and you feel lame. You feel disabled. You feel uh, emotional. You feel overlooked. You don't feel valued whatsoever. And so this lame man, although 90% of his body is doing quite fine, we're focused on the part of his body that is not doing well at all, and that is his feet and his ankles and his legs. His mind is fine. His arms are fine. His chest is fine. His wrist is fine. His elbows is fine. His back is fine. But he's known by the condition. And how often do we focus on what is not fine in our life, what is wrong in our life, what, what we lack, what we don't possess, what is painful, what we don't know? We focus on that, and everything else seems to be completely okay. We, we don't focus on what is going well. We focus on what is not going well. We don't focus on the good. We focus on the bad. We don't focus on what we can do. We focus on what we cannot do. And this lame man is being carried daily to sit in front of the church. Somebody shout daily. He is going daily to the temple. Now, he can't get there on his own because he can't walk. I don't believe that they had wheelchairs back in that day. It sounds like the Bible tells us exactly what happened. He's being carried daily to the temple. And so daily, his friends are carrying him to the temple so that he can ask alms of the people going into church. Daily, he's being carried. It's raining, but he's still there. It's snowing, but he's still there. It's hailing, but he's still there. It's cold outside, but he's there daily. It's hot outside, but he's there daily. It's a perfect weather, but he's there daily. He may have a headache, but he showed up daily. He may have a stomachache, but he showed up daily. I mean, this guy can be depended upon to be daily at the gate waiting for people to come so he can ask alms. He had consistency. And there's power in consistency. There is the ability to produce more with consistency. I like to use this example. If this roof had a hole in it and it was leaking in the same spot consistently, it would damage the carpet and eventually underneath the carpet damage the concrete because the consistency of the drip will change things. Your consistency in reading your Bible will change things. Your consistency in prayer will change things. Your consistency in giving will change things. Your consistency in being faithful will change things. It's in your consistency that lies the power of change. So don't grow weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you don't quit. 
you got to remain consistent. And this man showed up consistently at the gate. I mean, you can depend on Leroy. Yeah, I'm going to give him a name. Leroy. You can depend on Leroy sitting at the gate asking and begging for alms. But here's the thing about being consistent sometimes is it feels like everything is the same. Have you ever dealt with the sameness or the or just everything feeling like it's just normal? I mean, I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I go to bed. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I go to bed. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I go to bed. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I go to bed. I got to do it one more time because it's got to be Friday. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, and what do you do? I go to bed. And you feel like there's a lot of sameness. And I'm telling you that sameness is the enemy of your faith. Sameness, everything being so normal is an enemy. And we have the opportunity to just get stuck in a rut. We have the ability, whether, whether we like it or not, to get caught up in sameness. Everything is simply the same. And you get weary in well-doing when everything is the same. You get tired when everything remains the same. Oh, I know that you want some excitement to occur in your life, but when everything remains the same, you start feeling undervalued. You start feeling weak. You start feeling like your life doesn't matter, and you start to feel like quitting when everything remains the same. One of the enemies of sameness is fatigue. You just get tired. You just get tired. And when you get to the point where things are the same and you get tired, you got to keep moving forward. You keep coming daily. You keep going daily. You keep plowing daily. You keep ministering daily. You got to keep moving daily. You keep going, and you keep going. And this lame man, Leroy, he just kept coming. It's the same, but he kept coming. But he ran into a divine encounter. Peter and John show up. I mean, what an encounter. He's got Peter and John, people that walked with Jesus personally. They encountered a lame man sitting at the temple. And he says to them, begins to ask them for money. Can I have some money? Now, Peter and John stop. And they say to him, look at us. Now, understand this man is laying down or he may be on his knees. He's not standing. Peter and John are standing. He's laying down or maybe on his knees, and Peter looks at him and says, look at us. And so Peter commands him to lift up his eyes. Look at us. So he's going to have to lift up his head and lift up his eyes. And when he says, look at us, 
the scriptures tell us that the lame man gave them his, his attention, his focus, his concentration. He said, look at us, lift up your eyes and look at us. And when you feel like you are in a condition to where you are stuck, you're in a rut, you can't move forward, everything seems to be the same, everything always remains normal, you're going to have to begin to lift up your eyes and look. Matter of fact, in Genesis 13, 14, God tells Abram to lift up his eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. You're going to have to begin to look up. See, sometimes your scenery is the same because you are not looking up. We're going to have to look, lift up our eyes and look up from the hills which cometh our help. We're going to have to lift up our eyes and we're going to have to look beyond, look over what we are currently going through. And everything that you're going through right now is not going to remain the same. I declare in the name of Jesus that what you are doing now will not be the same as what you're going to be doing this time next year. Come on, somebody receive that. It's not going to be the same. That's the tactic of the enemy that everything's going to remain the same. That you're going to always be broke. That you're going to always have this pain. That you're going to always be single. That no one's ever going to not going to love you. And you're going to always be fat. And you're going to always be ugly. But I'm telling you what, the devil is a lie. I ain't always going to have this extra weight on me. I ain't always going to be broke. I ain't always going to be disgusted. I'm lifting up my eyes and I'm looking from the place where I am to the place where I see. But let me tell you, it's hard to be a visionary because a visionary sees what shall be, but wakes up to see what is. It's hard to be a visionary. Because I see that it can be different, but every day I wake up and it's the same. And this lame man is experiencing sameness. But he encounters Peter and John, and Peter and John say to him, lift up your eyes, look up at us, give us your attention, look at us. And he does this. He's obedient. He's consistent, and he's obedient. He looks at them, and then Peter says something to him. He says, silver and gold I do not have. Now, I want to pause here for a second. This is a footnote, side note. Remember this. When you are giving money to someone, you are either empowering them to stay in their condition. Other times when you are giving money to someone, you might be snatching them out of a condition, their condition. So sometimes in your giving, you can literally be empowering them to stay right where they are. Other times in your giving, you can snatch them out. One gift can snatch a person out from wherever they are. I, I say this all the time in the church. One one check for $100,000 gives us in our church an entirely different conversation. A million-dollar check given to our ministry, which is going to happen, by the way. I said a million-dollar check is going to come in this ministry. Do you agree with that? It might come through you. It might come through you. 
can give us entirely a different conversation. So giving to one person could, could enhance and empower them to stay in their condition. Giving to another person could snatch them out of condition. How do you know the difference? God. Wisdom is the only way you know what to do. You got to ask God, what am I to do in this situation? And so this lame man looking at Peter, Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have. Why? I'm not going to empower you in your situation. I'm not going to give you money so you can just keep coming back and keep coming back. But there's something I do have. I have the name of Jesus. <laughs> I have the power of Jesus. I walk in the authority of Jesus. I can speak and things happen, and so can you. I can declare things and see it happen, and so can you, because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I can declare something over you, and it can happen, and so can you. And Peter says to him, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now, this man showed up expecting to receive something. His something was money. But the expectation God used to give him something greater than money. See, he's expecting or he's looking forward to receiving something. And God gives him exceedingly abundantly above all that he could ask or think. He gives him more than what he can even imagine. And so while he's expecting to receive money, he could have got disappointed when Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. That could have been an opportunity to get disappointed, to release his expectation. And then to receive nothing. But he didn't. Leroy kept expecting to receive something. And when Peter says to him, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have is I have the name, rise up and walk. God used the expectation of the man to receive money and used it to give him more than he can ever ask for. Now, now watch this. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Expectation is like a magnet that draws possibilities. What have we been talking about over the last several weeks? It can be done. Say that. Say it like you mean it. It can be done. We've been talking about possibilities. If we're with God, all things are possible. When we're with him, it can be done. It can, it's doable. It's likely to happen. It's achievable. It's conceivable. It, it's attainable. It can, be, it can be done. It can manifest. It can happen. When we're with God, it can be done. And so expectation is the breeding ground for God to give miracles. What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting? I like to ask people this question. What are you excited about? And when people look at me and, and, and respond with nothing, that's telling me that they have no expectation from God. None. What are you excited about? You should always be excited about something. You should always be excited about something. You should always be excited 
about something. And I'll ask people, what are you excited about? What brings you joy? Well, nothing, nothing at all. Well, there's no expectation. And if there's no expectation, then there's no manifestation. And if you want manifestation, you're going to have to have expectation. You're going to have to expect God to do something in your life. I feel led to tell the story because I mentioned a million dollars several years ago. I was believing God for our church to receive a five-figure income. I was believing God for that. We had not received $10,000 or more in, in an offering. Now, cumulatively speaking, over, you know, over time, we've had more than that. Praise God. Thank God for that. But I was, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, we haven't received a, a five-figure check in our church. And I began to believe God. And I began to declare, we're going to receive, Tamika, a five-figure check in the church. God's going to give us a five-figure check. If we get a five-figure check, we can do this and that and this. I already knew what we could do with it. Just one time, we can get it on a five-figure check. Been believing God. I've been declaring it. Believing God. Declaring God. Had my expectation out. I told the people that handled the, the monies for us, if you see a five-figure check, let me know because I'm believing God. And a lot of people give online. I said, you know, Frank's our accountant. If you see a five-figure check come in, Frank, let me know because we're believing God for a five-figure check. Well, because of God's grace and our expectation in the offering, really, very, pretty soon right after was an $11,000 check in the offering. Glory to God. Hallelujah, right? Praise God. It can be done. It happened. Our expectation was out there. Well, somehow we opened the floodgates because more five-figure checks started coming in. Glory be to God. I said more five-figure checks started coming in. Expectation was the breeding ground for miracles. Expectation. I began to expect it to happen. I didn't know when. Now, knowing when is the enemy of your expectation. You don't have to know when. You just expect it to happen. Well, and here's some people, by Friday, this is going to happen. What you just told me is on Saturday, you're going to stop expecting. That's all you told me. This is going to happen by Friday. And there was a movement going on by then where people were naming the dates when something was going to happen. And it's like, listen, no, no, no. You, you ain't God. You don't determine when it happens. It happens when it happens. And it's going to happen on time. Amen. 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 But you get your expectation up. We begin to get our expectation up in that area. I said, believe with me that a five-figure check come in. Now I'm on six-figure checks. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Six-figure checks begin to, well, they ain't came in yet, but they come in. In the name of Jesus, get your expectation up. Let, let me tell you the truth. You get what you expect. Did you hear me? You actually get what you expect. So if you expect nothing, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. But if you're with God, you're going to have your antenna up expecting to receive. When I was believing God to have a wife, I was expecting to meet Stacy. I was just expecting. I was, I, listen, I didn't know it was Stacy, but I knew when I went to the grocery store, I better look good because she could be in the grocery store. Come on, somebody. Had to have my teeth brushed. Had to have my hair done. I mean, listen, I'm going to look good. I'm expecting. When I went to church, I'm expecting. When I, when I went out, I'm expecting. And, oh, you want to take me on the blind? I'll go on that blind date because she could be the one. I'm expecting at any moment to meet her. And that expectation will begin to draw like a magnet 
all of the possibilities. Now, watch out. You might get a, you know, old, old dirty Tom, Dick, and Harry, somebody, you, get, you kick them away. No, no, I didn't draw you in. I throw that fish back in Jesus' name. <laughs> throw it back. But your expectation is going to draw the possibilities. Say, my expectation, my expectation. draws possibilities. And so, Peter says to him and takes him by the right hand. He says, rise up and walk. And as soon as the lame man rose, Peter changed the lame man's scenery. He no longer was looking at knees. He was looking now at people face to face. Changed the scenery. But here's what's important. God used Peter to help him up. I declare over you that God is sending people your way to help you advance, help you grow, help you produce what God has placed in your heart to produce. You're going to need help, and God is sending people to help you in Jesus' name. I received that for, for this ministry. God is sending people to help me get this word out. Hallelujah. Peter was used to help the man. So he lifted him up. He helped him. He assisted him. What's that old, um, I don't know if it's a riddle or I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, if you ever see a turtle on the wall, uh, you have to ask, right, what? A a post turtle? A post turtle on the wall. No. Okay. Yeah, turtle on the fence post. Yeah, post turtle. All right, if you see a turtle on the fence post, then you, you have to ask, how did the turtle get there, right? Am I saying that right? Well, I didn't plan for to say this story, but praise God. You know what I'm talking about. If you see a turtle on the fence post, you must, you must ask, how did he get there? He had help. He had help. And you and I need help. You can't do it alone. You need help. And Peter assisted him and helped him up. And then when he got up, he did something spectacular. He begin to jump up, leap, and praise God. When when his manifestation occurred, he was excited about it. And the thing that I like there, they said the first thing he did in verse 8, he stuck with Peter and John. He stayed with them. He said, listen, y'all help me. He stayed with them, and he walked into the church with them. I mean, he went to church after the hell. There was one particular time we had a guy come into our church. This was many, many, many years ago. And we were believing God for him to have a car. We were believing God. God's going to give you a car. And we believed God for him to have a car. And, and God blessed him with a car. Glory to God. We never saw him again. Never, he never came back to church again. Never saw him again. God blessed the Lord. Blessed him. I ran into him at Walmart. I said, brother. We ain't seen you. So we believe God to get a car. We ain't seen you. Where you at? He had all the excuses in the world why he couldn't come back. See, most people, when they receive what God has promised them, they don't continue to walk with God. Mm-hmm. They don't. They find other things to do, other things to connect with, other people to connect with. I, I love it. I love it when, um, you know, we, let's say we stay silent, we minister to someone and we're like, Bless God, this is going to happen, and it happens for them, and they're excited. And then the, then the next day, they feel like, we don't want to partner with the ministry anymore. Like, wait a minute. What happened? 
We helped you get this done. You don't, and the Lord's telling us not to partner anymore. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This man stayed with Peter and John and went into the temple with them to church. You couldn't get the man away from them. And he walked into the temple. That's step one. Step two, he began to praise God. And I love step three. He began to act on what God had done for him by telling other people, look what the Lord has done. So he went from insufficiency to sufficiency. He went from begging to having the ability to create his own money. When, when, when the Lord healed him, he was begging, and God gave him an unpredictable miracle. He, he's never walked before. So how can he even fathom that he's going to walk one day? That, that thought never crossed his mind. But when he encountered Peter, a divine encounter, an unpredictable miracle took place. And God said in Ephesians 3.20, I like it in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion Translation. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Glory to God. God's going to exceed my wildest imagination. Matter of fact, I read something this morning when I was up praying, and I wrote this in one of my notes. It said, God doesn't just meet expectations. He blows them out of the water. He exceeds our expectations. It is better with him when our expectations are exceeding and exploding and thriving and they're vibrant. And it's like God has done more for me than I could do for myself. I love talking to successful people. If you get a chance, whatever you think is successful, talk to them. Whoever you think is successful, talk to them and ask them. And I love talking to them. I'll ask them. I'll say, Man, did you see yourself doing this? And I, this is the consensus I always get. They always say this. I never thought we would be doing this at this level. That's consistent. They never even imagined that they were going to do it at the level that they're doing it on. Because God exceeded their expectation. And when you get your expectations up, you can be like the lame man to where now you have experienced an unpredictable miracle. And I'll say it like the Lord said to me, by the end of the year, you are going to experience an unpredictable miracle. Who will receive that? Who will receive that? Uh, he said, this is what he said to me. He says, tell them, I am going, what was it? I am going to do an unpredictable miracle for you. Glory to God. Man, I received that. I take that as mine. God is going to do an unpredictable miracle for you. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet and just begin to thank God just for a moment 
Hallelujah, about receiving an unpredictable miracle. Just lift up your hands, begin to thank God because he's going to do some things for you. This is what requires faith. You're like, well, pastor, what does that look like? I don't know what it looks like. I believe God that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to do what he said he's going to do, and it's going to be unpredictable. It's, going, it's not going to be business as usual for you. It's not going to be business as usual for you. It's going to be unpredictable. And this is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.